All right, what is up, hearty people, and welcome to our channel. We're offended, you're offended. <laughs> Hope everyone had a great weekend. So, Tyler, where that, are you at today? Is that what we call, we call our, whatever, our audience, or is that what you're calling them, party people? Yeah, I don't know. It's Sunday, I figured, you know, maybe everyone was out partying because the uh, restrictions lifting and stuff like that. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, got, yeah. I got nothing. Welcome to our channel. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> how are yeah. you doing today? Um, how am I doing? Good. It was a long drive. Um, into well, into Winnipeg, but. Uh, no, I came through uh, BC, which is still being ravaged by all the forest fires. There's a lot, and you know, I gotta give I gotta give a shout out to the the firefighters and all the all the people that are trying to fight those and trying to save people. And I I seen and this this isn't really on the on the docket, but there I seen articles that people were refusing to leave like immediate danger zone. Seriously? Like the fire is there. It is coming. It is like it's here. Get the fuck out. Like you feel the hot, you see everything's on fire. Get the fuck out. I don't know but, how people could not leave. Like, okay, I understand. Like I wouldn't want to leave my home and stuff like that too. Fuck that. I'm gone. I'm gone. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I can understand you <laughs> yeah. not wanting to go, but there's immediate danger coming. Grab what you can, grab your shit, grab your your kids, your spouses, your pets, get the fuck out. All that stuff can be replaced. Lives can't. Like get out. And just like there's there's always like you know the, the people that are so stubborn about hurricanes and tornadoes and and then just like at some point like and I maybe this this is the difference between like my thought process and like a first responder is at some point it's fuck it, dude, you're on your own. And I and I I'm sure that sounds super uncompassionate, but you know, like if you're making a decision to stay, okay then. Like that's your decision. But when when you now have to put like first responder Responders, like you put people unnecessarily in danger. Like, well, yeah, because they're trying to get you yes. out of there. They're trying to make sure that you're safe, and you're just not wanting to leave. And I mean, at that point, hundred percent, like the first responder should just leave. But could you imagine how hard that would be? Like, if I was a first responder and I'm going to somebody's house and be like, "Hey, we got to get out. There's fire coming. Y'all are gonna die. Like, we got to move." And people don't want to leave. Like, it would be so hard for me to walk away from them and not be like, you guys are being fucking stupid and force them to get into a vehicle. But at some point, well, you have to just, okay, well, I have to take care of myself. I need to get out of here, too. Or I'm going to die just trying to save you guys. But how hard that would be to actually, like, walk away from that knowing these people are going to die. Well, I don't, but it, like, so, like, one, one, I guess kind of one misconception that people have is police aren't there to protect you necessarily. Like if you're getting, you know, murdered, 
police don't really have an obligation. Like if it's like an active shooter, they are under no obligation to help somebody. Policy wise, like they they don't have to go in there and guns ablazing, kicking doors and get shot and killed. They try to they'll try to mitigate damage. Like there was that famous story I remember seeing out of what was it, New York, where a guy was wielding a knife and there were police just standing and watching. And people lost their minds until they like they finally figured out the police aren't here to help you. And you know, that's a US thing, and I'm sure in Canada there's they're very similar. Like we're very similar in, in a lot of our policies. But you know, they they have to take like officer safety or you know the like EMS safety into account. That's why like you'll never see like EMS and, and police are showing up to an active crime scene together. It's police going first, secure the scene, and then like firefighters, uh, EMS or um, um, ambulance, then they arrive once the area is secure so that they can do their job. Shut up. Uh, are you okay? Are you hearing voices? No, my phone just made a sound for some reason. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, I maybe at some point they just got to like, hey, we can't. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it, it's such a. Such a weird situation. But anyways, yeah, I'm, BC is is on fire. Um, and it's it's crazy to see like the fires are right there. Like on on Highway Five, like the Coca-Cola. Well, I guess between like Kamloops and uh, I Hope, anyway, fires are right there. Like, there's the highway. Bloop. There's the fire. Bloop. Should have taken some photos. <laughs> I, I mean, I, did, I know you're but... driving, but <laughs> no, I, I did take some. But uh, all over the place, they had like no stopping period. Like, you get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, all around uh, like the Okanagan Valley. Yeah, all those. It's all farmland there. Like it's all uh, it's all agriculture around there. And I was at uh, I was speaking with one customer, and he said, "Yeah, we had a we had an evacuation order, and uh, we had to get out of here." I was speaking with another guy, and. Uh, so I was pointing at the mountains and I just asked them, like, oh, how, how are you guys managing with all this stuff? I said, like, uh, like have the mountain or have the, you know, the fire come this way? And he pointed at the same mountain. He's like, that's all burnt. And it was just like a massive chunk. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's all burnt already. Like, that's all gone. And I was just, just flabbergasted. Just, yeah, this is all charred. It's all. But like it's like it, it it's weird because mountains look so close, but yet they're so far away. Like just in terms of like how big they are, yeah. Like they look like you could just reach out and just grab it. It's almost like a cloud, you know. It's like it's just it's right there. It's right, like it's with it's within it's within reach. And no, that like the top of it is it, it's like kilometers away. Like you, you just the. Uh, yeah, just the sheer size of it, and just you feel—it's almost humbling to be in the mountains because you, like, you're you're fuck all. 
like uh say like especially like around uh like the revelstoke area it's all mountains and it's all heavy forest you could just walk i would say maybe 10 15 minutes like from revelstoke into any direction you're gone like you just you just disappear, yeah. but on a yeah, side note, just... did you know that um, mountains are the one thing that my Baba is actually scared of? She's never gone to oh, BC, and she won't go because mountains actually scare her. I think it's so cute. No, they're I don't know why they'd be scary. Scary. I don't know. That's scary. I never really got to ask her why she's so scared of them i kind of laughed i think i said why but i think she just said they're just so big and they're coming out of the earth and it's just scary <laughs> i don't know well cute. baba have uh you seen your pee? she's like i mean my baba's like 94 96 or something like that right now so oh, oh did you did you not did you hear me no sorry oh i said well baba you should see my Venus. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Run away screaming because it's so big. <laughs> and it's huge. It's so huge. <laughs> you sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger there. Oh, or or Trump. No. You're, when you do your Trump voice. When you're like, so That's my huge. Trump voice. Yeah. You do a Trump uh, frankly, my penis. Some have said I wouldn't say it, but... Some have said my penis is gigantic. <laughs> I wouldn't say it, but I've I've heard from some other people. All right. Anyways, <laughs> shout out to the firefighters. Yeah. You guys are doing yeah. an awesome job, risking your lives to try to yeah. save everything. Oh, there are some t- some city or some towns. Um, Highway One, which is the uh, Fraser Canyon, they're gone. Like their ta- towns are just gone. And these are, you know, little towns that, well, you drive right through them. Like, it's, it's Highway 1. It's the canyon. Like, and for people that don't know, like, when you're in B.C., like, especially from Kamloops to, uh, Kamloops to Hope, like, you have three directions you can take. Well, I guess Highway 3 doesn't really, but you can either take Highway 5, which is the Coquihalla, which goes, which is the pass. You can take the, uh, Fraser the Canyon, like Fraser Canyon, and that's Trans Canada. That's actually Trans Canada Highway is number one, and then Highway Three is if you have a death wish, you you take Highway Three, because then you take Highway Three goes up ninety seven, and yeah, you eventually get you know get back to number one. But yeah, Highway One is just ravaged, just destroyed, and it's uh, it's crazy to see. But, uh, yeah. I can't even remember um, how many fires are going in Manitoba right now. I know there's like a, I think my mom's saying that there's like 150 or 160 active fires going right now. Wow. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Northern Manitoba is pretty much under fire. So, yeah. You mean on fire? Yeah. True. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing, uh, 120. Yeah, that's the number that I'm seeing. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and there were there were some reports of like 
like you see like the the bombers going in you know they go along the lake and then they pick up the water but then there was helicopters flying around with their giant buckets and there were some articles saying that the the bombers the water bombers had to abort because there were too many people on the lakes which I don't know, like, uh, how much they do in terms of, uh, you know, like, awareness. Like, hey, this, there's an act of fire. Planes are, are trying to scoop up the water. And I, I wonder how, many, like, how much of that is actually done or if it's just kind of like, hey, you should know that the province is on fire. Don't go in the water because there was just so many people were boating. Yeah. And, yeah, they ended up having to call off uh the water bombers from coming in. See, that's... Oh, see, that's now I'm seeing 137. Okay, so anyways, there's a lot. So many. <laughs> Pretty much yeah. Canada is on fire. <laughs> wow. Right? Well, it's crazy. We've had such a bad drought. Like, I don't even... I think my mom had said that there was, like, a little bit of spittage that had happened rain-wise in the city a little while ago. But out here, like, we have not seen rain. <laughs> like, it's been, oh my God, I think, like, close to two months now. Or I know it's easily a month and a half that we have not had anything out here. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right? Yeah. It's crazy. Where is this? Oh, didn't there's Saskatchewan? Oh yeah, I guess this all of Manitoba, or all of Canada's on fire. I didn't realize it was that bad in Saskatchewan. Just BC, Manitoba, and Ontario were getting the we're getting the bulk of the uh, the attention. Yeah, media doesn't care about the prairies. Really? I'm like, fuck the prairies, <laughs> let them burn. <laughs> well, where is this? Okay, Prince George. Okay, oh, all, they're all. Oh yeah, well, it's all northern Saskatchewan. All north, like uh, Prince Albert. Did you know in Prince Albert, it is customary to get a bolt through your dick? Uh, excuse you? In Prince Albert. Town, Prince Albert. Albert, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. It is customary that you get a Prince Albert. What does that even mean? Prince Albert is when you get a piercing through your dick. That's not real. I mean, maybe... Look it up. No. That's it, customary. It like, you're supposed to. That's what you do. Yeah. You're a man. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do in Prince Albert. That's where the name came from. Did I lose you? All right, nope, so anyways... <laughs> Okay, so I guess before we get started, um, you know, people, if you want to like, share, subscribe, don't hit the notification bell because it's fucking dumb. But uh, let's get into some uh, some sweet stories. We got some uh, some pretty good ones, and then we have one that personally touches my heart in in ways that I don't. A lot of things don't. But, uh, okay, so this was from CTV News. It says seniors are cut off from income supplement after receiving emergency benefits. 
So in Ottawa, Chris uh, Sherlock is facing possible eviction because of an unanticipated clawback to the guaranteed income supplements for seniors. The 65-year-old resident of British Columbia's Cowichan Valley drew on emergency benefits last year after the COVID-19 pandemic, wiped out his part-time work as a musician. Now the $2,000 a month in Canadian, well, the CERB, Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, he received through much of 2020, has rendered him ineligible for the income supplement typically available to low-income seniors. Uh, Sherlock is quoted as saying, this comes as a complete shock to me. Um, and no one warned me that I would be losing my guaranteed income supplement based off this. Uh, there was nothing about having your pension cut off or cut in half for the next two years. Uh, NDP and Green Party say they've been flooded with calls from Canadians 65 and up who suddenly find themselves cut off from monthly government payments due to the pandemic benefits. Uh, in a letter sent to uh, three lib Liberal cabinet ministers, oh, Bill Blakey, oh, Bill Blakey, hey? Hmm. Mr. Blakey said, many seniors who receive the CERB and Canadian recovery benefit either do not qualify for the guaranteed income supplement or face drastic reductions. Blakey called for a prompt solution and hoping that the federal government will change its approach to slashing guaranteed income for, uh, for seniors. So, I remember, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I say a lot of dumb shit, but, but, I remember everyone that was getting this money just wait. Everything that the government hands out comes with a but. Everything comes with a but. And a big You'll get attached. this, Serb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's strings. The government don't do shit for no one without government getting its money. I, but the, the thought I had was the money that's going out, the government's going to want it back. One way or another, either through taxes or cuts somewhere. Some, obviously, something is going to have to balance the scale. You can't deficit spend your whole fucking life and then expect that everything's going to be hunky-dory. But Mr. Blake, oh, or Daniel Blakey, what riding is he in? Hmm. Seems like a certain riding, the Transcona Elmwood riding. You know, a certain riding that. Uh, anyways, all right, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> not going to get into it. <laughs> Are you sure. But, but in, in kind of in typical, like it, this is a, there's a bit of an aside to this. NDP is famous for. They don't want anyone making money. Period. If they could actually run companies at a zero profit margin, oh, I'm sure every NDP uh, MP would probably die from the massive heart on they got. Their heart would probably stop working with how thick their dick got. But, anyways, anyways. So, um, 
So uh, seniors will continue to receive their full old age security and CPP pensions, which in uh, Sherlock's case add up to 783 after the government knocked nearly 500 in uh, what's GIS? GIS. Uh, guarantee, guaranteed income supplement. Uh, yeah. So this is why I I don't trust you. I don't trust the government. I don't expect the government to do shit for me. This is why, like, CPP is going to be bankrupt. It's going to run into a massive deficit. I know the central bank has been just. Eyeing. I think we have $550 billion in uh, CPP. And that's supposed to be everyone's safety net, old age security. This is why I don't trust the government for shit. Because now when you're reliant on somebody else to give you money, wow. You're kind of at their beck and call. Okay. Hold on. So am I huh. am I understanding this correct? Because of the money that they have put out, what, ND, NDP hates money. Yeah. No. Yeah, NDP hates money, and Just, they, they get their dicks get bigger the the more or the less money a company actually makes. Okay, well that's not what I was trying to say. But anyway, oh, am I getting liberals this? Are kind of close too. Shush. <laughs> but conservatives are kind of starting to go that way. That uh, we we don't like taxing people, but hey. We have this cool new program where we tax you, but it's not a tax. Remember, it's not a tax. Okay, hi. Okay, sorry. Anyways. <laughs> Wait, can I talk now? Thanks. <laughs> so am I getting this correct? Because of stuff that happened with the government giving up money during the pandemic, the seniors now, they're losing their money? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, it's... Uh... So for uh, single seniors, the guaranteed investment or income supplement benefit kicks in if they make less than almost nineteen thousand annually, with a monthly maximum of nine thirty six. The eligibility threshold for couples is forty five thousand. Oh my god! So this is oh balls! I forgot the fucking point I was going to make. Um. When you become reliant on somebody else's decision, and I guess this is why I don't trust government, I don't trust that they have my best interest at heart with this type of stuff, is because of stuff like this. It's strictly stuff like this. Taxes change, prices go up. Well, now you're stuck with whatever peanuts the government gives you. So. Yeah, what? Okay, but... What? Like, what? How can they, how can they do that? How, how can they not? You're reliant on them. Okay, but... That's the, that's the thing. Okay, but it's in the freaking name of it. Guaranteed income supplement. How are they exactly. taking away their money? So this was the program that was designed to help uh, some senior citizens. So now they have apparently had made too much money. Told you, government is going to ask for that money back with interest. They're going to. Yeah, well, they can One pay way or it another, back. They they're get either going to cut back. What? I said they get paid enough. They could pay it back. 
Well, no, they, they can't. That's why we're over a trillion dollars in debt. <laughs> they can't pay it back. So the, the funny thing is, government shut you down. They said you cannot work. You're not allowed to have a job. But we're going to supplement you as though you still had a job. So you see, like this is like a double like kick punch to the balls. So you can no longer earn an income. We're going to replace that income. And uh, the second kick in the balls, we want that money back. Okay, but, but this is, uh, okay. This is, I think, where I'm getting confused. So this GIS, is this something that came from COVID? If you can't work? No. Uh, guaranteed. Um is income tested? That means the previous year's taxable earnings, including emergency benefits, factor into how much gets doled out on the next payment period. So it's like all your stuff from last year affects this year. So the guaranteed, the yeah, the guaranteed income supplements. Let's look up exactly what that is. How are two people? Two people. Um. Okay. A monthly maximum. Of under a thousand dollars, and the threshold for couples, so that's combined, is forty five thousand a year. How can anybody live off of that? Rent itself is like over a thousand dollars a month. It's not including this is why food. You, this is why you don't rely on the government. I don't. I wouldn't trust them to run a fucking bath, let alone any program anywhere ever. Okay, but I, I get that. Like that's that's you, and that's a lot of other people who don't trust the government. But this is, but this is things that people have put trust into the government through the years because okay, oh, well, well they they okay, well we're gonna do this for you, we're gonna do that for you. Yay, it sounds great. Let's sign on. And that like this is disgusting. Like I'm sorry, but like when COVID hit, what they did to the seniors and how they just literally let them die, and now this. Oh, you, That's you mean like the old, old care homes, how uh, yeah. COVID patients were put in there and now, yeah, the, the, the age of death was like higher than the, the age of uh, life expectancy in Canada. Yeah. So, you know, this, this kind of the cynic in me, put, put your tinfoil hats on everyone. <laughs> Maybe I've talked about this before, but put your tinfoil hats on. What if, okay, what if, what if? What if to cut back on costs, one of the couple of people that were, you know, they're going to die anyways, right? Like, what if we just kind of, you know, give them a little, give them a little, you know? Oh, it would surprise me in the slightest, and that's what's disgusting. Like, they put those young COVID patients, younger COVID patients, in with older people, so then the older people will get sick. Like they already were doing it, so like that's blatantly. that's my that's, yeah that's uh that's a bit of my uh, and then oh speaking of Daniel Blakey the NDP so the NDP were looking at and you know what I'll say this I'm looking at running in politics in in a few years so you know if it happens if it happens great but I'm anyways. Daniel Blakey, the NDP. So Transcona, Transcona, if you're, if anyone in Transcona, if you're listening. If you complain about how uh, 
uh, old care homes are underfunded, understaffed, under everything. They're just, they're basically glorified jails for old people just to die. They want to reduce, they want to stop for anything for profit. So any money that a care home gets, anything above a, like their, their operating costs, they want, they want that money to go to the government. Which, you know what, call, call, me, call me ignorant, and I can see the argument for it, because when you are only operating for profit, well, now you start cutting costs, you start cutting corners. You know, maybe, maybe grandma doesn't need three meals a day. Yeah, she could do it two and a half. But, I don't know. I think if you don't have an incentive to be... to be good, or great, or the best, man, you get, you get our, like, the Canadian healthcare system. It's mediocrity, at best. You know, so uh, Daniel Blakey and the NDP, yeah, instead of, uh, you know, charging a place and getting a nice place and people are happy and proud of their job, what do you get? Our healthcare system is beyond fucked because, well, it's all single-payer system. So, yeah. Yeah, you think, uh, you think old, air, old care homes are, are shitty now? Well, don't let them make any money. And then they can be, you know, over-regulated by the government, as always. You know, it just makes like me so else. angry. These people have hmm. worked so hard and busted their ass off their entire lives to make the government money. And this is how they're treated. So, and, and, but CPP, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's, it's 100% a Ponzi scheme. Some at the top make a lot of money, i.e. our government. Yeah. The people that are lower on, the, on this pyramid, so, you know, pyramid schemes are illegal. They're illegal. You could go to jail for multi-level marketing, you know, where one person makes a lot and then it all kind of, you know, the whole like trickle-down economics stupid idea. Yeah. Uh, so some people at the top make a lot of money, but you need to keep feeding into that system. So the people at the bottom, which is our, the working class now, you know, the people that are working now have to feed into that system. Well, now that the baby boomers are retiring and they're starting to collect, I think when the, the CPP was started, there it was something like 10 workers to every one retiree. So there was 10 people feeding into this machine. Now that those people are retiring, look at what's happening. They're, they want, their, they want their, their just desserts. Well, now the, the generation that's coming up are the generations, the millennials, the Gen Zs, the blah, blah, the Zoomers. Now they have to try and feed into this system too. Well, now there's going to be less and less. This is why, dude, I, I, don't, I don't trust government. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll forever. Well, I, I shouldn't say, maybe I'll say it forever. Never say, you know, never say never. 
but it's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> it's a fucking Ponzi scheme. Me yeah. Um, did you die? No, this makes me angry. I was trying to be quiet. Oh. Just, oh. Blood is boiling. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? Government, like I said, you should be in it for yourself. That I know that comes across as selfish, but you have to take care of you. It's like our government throws billions of dollars, or Justin Trudeau's big failed, uh, you know, push to get back on the on the UN Security Council. Well, their claim was he didn't do enough for humanitarian aid, so he spent billions on this project, giving money to other countries. You know, while you know, kids are being now found that have been, you know, been uh, Epsteined. Well, I shouldn't say that they've been Epstein, but they've uh, they've suddenly just disappeared. And oh, look, it's an election here. Oh, look at all we found them all. We're bringing them all home. <laughs> How weird! Surprise! Um, yeah, um, the reserves are are no offense, and I don't think it's the fault of the of the the communities. A lot of them are just shit. So instead of trying, you know, you, you clean up your house before you go clean your neighbor's house, right? Generally, that's what you should be doing. Like, yeah. Like, you, you take care of yours first. And then you help. Yeah. But no, we send billions of dollars to other countries. We send billions of dollars. We fund China. We fund India. We fund a lot of third world countries. And anyone that says that China is a third world country, <laughs> biggest economy or second largest economy in the world, which is expected to surpass the United States by, I think, 2028 now in terms of exports. That would not surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. So we, we f we're funding a third world country. Yeah. Right. To, for them you to know. be even better positioned but than no, we are, which makes no sense. Like, hundred percent. You should be cleaning your or taking care of your own house first, aka Canada, not literally just yourself. Like, take care of Canada, take care of the people, the Canadians, the take care of us first before you start sending money to other countries. Like to me, it's just it's so ridiculous and annoying. <laughs> like you're just it it, well, it doesn't give a shit about us. Ah, whatever. Well, let's go help them because no. it looks good. It looks good. We're just gonna well, just give them shit. And a, lo a lot of this money, like third world countries, like you're you're third world for a reason. Your your government's corrupt. Your police are corrupt. Your politicians. Your dictator. You know, there, there's a lot of reasons why third world countries stay with third world countries. And yeah, okay, we can get into the whole thing that you know certain governments, you know, poke and prod and regime change wars. Yes, we we can all we can. I understand that. I'm not an expert in it. I don't think anyone is. But I understand that. But, you know, there's this big push in Canada for renewable energy. You know how... how there's, there's a port in, in Delta, B.C. Full, full of coal. Full. Like, it's mountains of this shit that Canada is still extracting. That we ship off to China. 
And I'm not trying to like rag on China, man. They're they're killing it. They're gonna take over the world because we're we're too busy being <laughs> fucking hippies and not recognizing the issues that are in our rear view mirror. Not even our rear view. They're on our side view mirror. They're they're coming up and they're they're passing. They drafted. They you know sucked in. They followed around that last turn and they're they're going for the pass now. Shout out to my NASCAR buddies. <laughs> So, like, this is an issue that is coming up. We export coal. We don't like we don't like gasoline coming from Canada, but we're gonna take we'll we'll take gasoline from you know third world and second world countries, and we'll do that. And it's such a it's such a weird thing, you know, not in my backyard, but but. It, it's it's cheaper. It's cheaper to, to do it here. It's cheaper to do it in Canada. And we have standards. We have regulations that we would adhere to. Like if a government or if a company goes in and strip mines a whole place, the amount of paperwork it takes to do even like exploration drills, there's like environmental impact statements, uh, land recoveries. There's so much work that goes into this and people are so up in arms about gasoline about coal you still dig out coal we're still doing still doing the the crude petroleum but everyone's all solar panels and wind power uh those two things are highly inefficient like they're shitty efficient at best And, you know, they, they want to shut down, they don't want nuclear power plants, which makes no sense to me. We don't want to develop any new technology. Like, I wonder if people in Toronto know how much of their power comes from a nuclear reactor. You know, the same thing that they complain about with Chernobyl, with Fukushima, Three Mile Island. In terms of, I remember watching a, a thing with uh, regarding uh, like nuclear power and like traditional gasoline or like petroleum. Something like a hundred thousand people a year die from either a direct cause, most of it, like I'd say probably like close to like 90, 95% of it is indirect from. Uh, like petrochemicals, like you know, gas, diesel, blah blah blah. It's it's a ridiculously high number that, of people that die from it, and I mean, like in terms of like smog, of of exhaust fumes, of you know that that type of stuff. The stuff that it's almost like like cigarette smoke. You know, people. Well, it's it's not. It doesn't really kill me. Like. We're, we're so fucking narrow-sighted with, like, the, the quick return, you know, the, the feel-good, the pill that's going to make you thin, the, the other pill that's going to make your dick bigger, the, the pill that's going to put your hair back on your head. We want that instant gratification instead of looking in the future. Like, coal, coal power, like, that stuff, the coal and, uh, you know, like, the gas products, 
That stuff's I, it's it's gonna go the way of the dinosaur. It's going to. And the the fuel or the solar power, wind power. Trust me, hey, you know what? It makes it makes me feel good when I drive past a solar farm. Yeah, it makes me feel good. But I understand how fucking dumb and inefficient it is. How much it costs. Like, I remember, what was it? Uh, was it Germany? Germany, I believe, is all solar power, or is it France? Can't remember which one now. I don't know. But they have rolling blackouts. Like, if it's a hot day, their system can no longer handle it. Now they have, like, blackouts or brownouts. So, I don't know. I, I, I wish people would take, like, a serious look. At, at nuclear power. Like it's it's literally pennies on the dollar. And the only thing that comes out of those stacks is steam. It's water. Like in, in, in Manitoba, like we're actually quite beneficial, or it's beneficial for us that we have, you know, we have a lot of lakes and a lot of rivers. So we have a lot of hydroelectric dams. But holy crap! I know Quebec. They don't. They don't want to drill, or they they were cutting off uh, oil, gas lines. But so here, here, here. I, I'm already all over the place. So uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Alberta is known as you know Canada's. It's oil, gas. That's our. That's our end. Like our energy province. Like, Which makes uh, no sense to me. How we literally have stuff in our own backyard, but we don't use our own gas. Like how no, the fuck does that make sense? So and 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 in terms of like carbon footprints, hey, think of those giant ships that have to go to these other countries and then ship it here. Yeah. You know, it still has to be refined here. It's just we pump the crude out of another country. So would you rather not get it from a place that has laws and regulations and people are very conscious about like the impact, like the environmental impact. If a company, you know, causes a massive spill, I think they should be fined for reclamation for returning the land to how it was. I don't think that's unreasonable. Like, if you cause a problem, if you have damages that are in the millions, the billions, why would the taxpayers be on the hook for it? That was, you know... But so, Quebec, they ex they get transfer payments from Alberta. So this is, this is like social, um, like, welfare system on a countrywide scale. Alberta makes a lot of money. British Columbia makes a lot of money. Saskatchewan makes a lot of money. Manitoba, I don't know, what do we sell? Potatoes? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, uh, but anyways, <laughs> so the money that they make is taken from them and is sent to other provinces. It's, it's a welfare system on a countrywide scale. The haves have their money taken from them and is given to the have-nots. And Quebec being the, the separatist capital and, 
and the big complainers that they are, <laughs> they said they don't want it. They want the money. They don't want that pipeline going through their province, though. <laughs> you know, talk about, uh, you know, having your cake and eating it, too. <sighs> right? All right, say something. I've been talking for, like, the past, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't even... Uh, I don't know if this is all bullshit. Isn't that crazy? It really is. Okay, I'm, so, yeah. I think I'm giving myself whiplash because I'm just shaking my head so much right now. Like, I can't <laughs> even... I, I don't understand. I don't understand the logic. I don't understand the stupidity. I just don't fucking get it. And like I, I was seeing this thing with uh, with regards to Chernobyl. Like Chernobyl was that was a people fuck up. That was people. People caused that. And then the government tried to hide it. I think for what? Was it three days? I believe the government was hiding it. Well, radiation was spewing out of this completely uh, failed nuclear reactor. I didn't tell anyone about it. it. I think it was England finally picked up radiation readings. I believe it was England. And I said, what the fuck's going on? Our readings are, are going berserk. Then Russia finally had to admit that, hey, they uh, made an oopsie. That's and in terms of people... What was that? That's crazy. I didn't realize that it went on for days. Oh, yeah. What's, what's actually really crazier? The... What's it called? I think, I think it's called Corium. See, this, from like the, the... Not last episode, but I think the episode before where I said like stupid fucking rabbit holes. Yeah. I was learning how nuclear reactors work. I don't know why! <laughs> 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 but there's, there's a... It's called corium, and that is when like metal melts and it ends up getting infused with all these different particles, and it's a new thing. So, corium inside reactor four in Chernobyl is still hot. That thing Chernobyl happened in what the eighties? I think it was eighty four. How is it still hot? Has no one ever turned it off? You can't. It's an absolute... 1986 is when it happened. Yeah. 1986 is when that nuclear power plant went uh, critical. Why can't you turn... Why can't they turn it off? Because it's just... It's just so... Alright, this is very... Uh, this is a dumb man explaining something very complex. But... So, the, the nuclear... The fuel rods... They they naturally want to break down. So, like, little pieces of them, like, uh, at the uh, atomic level, shoot off. At, like, at, at very, very small. That's, that's normally what atomic means. It means very small at the atomic level. Okay. But <laughs> I did so, know that, so thanks for that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, so, this, the, these uranium rods, um, they, they naturally want to break down. So what they learned is if you put these rods in, it's basically a, like a, a steam generator. So when this reaction is happening, it's all, it's always happening. This, 
this um, this reaction. And it's so what they found is, well, if we put things around it that would absorb the, this reaction, it generates heat. So when things get hot, just as like with a, a steam generator, it starts turning an impeller, which generates electricity. So, um, what fucking point was I? What was I saying about it? Why they can't? Oh, turn why it they off. can't turn it off? Right. Okay. So they have these things called control rods. So if a, if a, oh, what is it called? I don't know, but if it keeps generating heat and it no longer like so these these control rods regulate how much of this reaction is actually going on. So you can either they insert them, they lift them, you know, there's there's a bit of a a bit of a dance with it. So if um if a if a reaction starts happening too much, well they can insert these control rods and it'll stop the reaction. So it'll put it into a shutdown state. So, if my memory serves from me going down these stupid rabbit holes, with Chernobyl, they were doing a shutdown test. And, or I guess like if, if an, like an emergency shutdown. And so, I think they ended up removing the control rods too far, if I remember correctly. And it started to go critical. The, the system started generating too much heat and it was starting to melt down. And some something happened. I think one, one of their backup systems failed, and when they ended up trying to get the control rods in, it was already a runaway reaction. It was generating too much heat, they couldn't shut down. And the cooling system wasn't enough to cool it. So it ends up generating so much pressure, there's so much of a reaction now going on that it boils off the water. So the water that is being steamed is also, if I remember, is used as coolant to help keep everything cold. So it starts boiling away all this water, well, now it has nothing to, to stop the, the reaction. And it just, it gets hotter and hotter, and then eventually, well, if anyone knows about, if you pop like a bag of popcorn you know in that like the, the the foil the jiffy pop thing well it starts to expand and more and more and as more and more pressure builds it's got to go somewhere and it went up the roof and so this it's basically a nuclear reaction like these nuclear these fuel rods are just melting and there's they're still hot almost 30, almost 40 years ago, 25 years ago, that there, the, this corium, the stuff that eventually melted through and was actually eating away at concrete, it's still hot. And there's a thing in there, if you want to look it up, it's called the elephant's foot. And it, uh, it's still it's still hot to this day. And the, the amount of radiation that it shoots off is quite substantial. So, yeah. But so, I, I, like, I, 
those arguments and even Fukushima. So with, sorry, with this being still giving off heat and stuff like that, is there a possibility that it could blow again? Probably like, it's not, it's not super hot, but it is, it's still hot. It's not, I don't think it's to the point where it actually, uh, where it's actually could boil off water. Like it's just, it's just like metal and see corium. See what corium actually is. Um, Lava-like fuel-containing material is a material that is created in the core of a nuclear reactor during a meltdown accident. It resembles natural lava. So, um, yeah, it's just... It's basically just a leftover from when a nuclear plant fails. That's crazy that this long later, it's still hot. Like, does it... Yeah. I don't know. Like, does it does it pose any sort of risk? Still, is it still making well, radioactive? Yeah, I believe it. I believe that's the only thing in there that is still radioactive. Otherwise, the um, I think the most of the plant actually, I, I might have this wrong, but I think part of the plant is actually still operational. But I, I might be wrong. Might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. I don't think so but, with all those monsters that are there. I mean, I've seen Chernobyl Diaries. Clearly, yeah, that was yeah, a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, it was crazy, the mutations that happened with all those uh, within that documentary. I know, right? It was super mm-hmm. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but even, like, uh, well, when people compare, like, you know, well, the Fukushima disaster and chernobyl like they compare that's the the comparison that people go to one was people fucked up and like government failed with fukushima nobody died from it like directly from the nuclear plant uh failing so you know in terms of technology like that's totally different i think chernobyl had something like seventy thousand people were directly affected from it like whether it was the plant workers or the rescue workers or the citizens of Pripyat and, you know, and then in terms of like Fukushima, there were none. That was there a, were a lot of people that. Hmm? That was a more recent one, wasn't it? Was that 2011, 2013? Yeah. Fukushima. Yeah. 2011, March 11th. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that that one, like, nobody directly died from that. At least what I've been able to find. And I think even part of the plant is actually still... I think maybe that's what I'm I'm confusing the two with. I believe the parts of the, the Fukushima is, like, it's it's completely operational, but it's in, it's in a shutdown procedure. So it takes a long time to stop the, the reaction. Of uh, of those fuel rods, but there's people that like walk around it, like right where that reactor failed. People are walking around it. They're doing the cleanup. They're dismantling it, and there is virtually no radiation emitting from it. Oh yeah, it says here. Okay, Japan has observed a moment of silence to mark the tenth anniversary of the earthquake and tsunami that killed more than eighteen thousand people. 
and triggered a nuclear meltdown in Fukushima. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a 15 meter high wave from the uh, from the tsunami, and I was like, worst case scenario. And yeah, they actually uh, it actually it it kind of did its job, <laughs> kinda. Well, I mean, at least you know right. that that one wasn't the stupidity of people; that that was just nature that triggered okay, that. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah, that was, it was, yeah, it was uh, because of the earthquake. It was a massive earthquake and then the massive tsunami. Yeah, yeah so uh, according to Wikipedia, it's saying there were 16 people with physical injuries due to hydrogen explosions, two workers taken to hospital with possible radiation burns. That's it. So That's crazy. 18, 18 people, and I believe all of them, all of them survived. There were no deaths. It's quite impressive, actually, yeah. considering it's a nuclear power plant and that's like literally nobody had died. There was. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, no. And in, in, there was one confirmed cancer death attributed to. OK, but that's it. One death. And that was from yeah. getting the radiation and causing cancer. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I and I we spoke about this before. Like with Fukushima, like I get, and I guess like the Japanese culture in general, it's uh, it's such a reversal from like Western civilization. So if the the stories I was hearing was, it was the like the old people went in there to clean it up. They started because well, I guess their their idea was well, I've already experienced my life. Like I've already enjoyed a life instead of sending the young people it was the the older citizens that actually came and helped clean it up and that's uh that's like that's i don't know something's got to be said about that it's quite uh admirable yeah yeah that's like as yeah beyond a selfless act yeah wow yeah but uh yeah, so, uh, yeah, coronavirus and old people, hey? People being cut off. Yeah, sorry, guys. But, this is how our, our conversations end up sometimes. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if it's the, the ADHD or, I don't, know, I don't know. It's just it's one of those ADHD conversations. It literally starts well, I, in one I, place and ends in the other. I, I think that's kind of how conversations go. They kind of flow and change. Mind you, I'm basically talking. So yeah. <laughs> um. All right. You want to move on to another story coming out of uh, Alberta? Sure. What you okay. got for me? Okay. So this is from Global, and it says, in quotes, "This is a travesty. Albertans protest COVID nineteen rule rollback for a second day. For the second day in a row, hundreds of Albertans protested the provincial government's plan to lift mandatory." Uh, mandatory COVID-19 isolation rules, scale back contact tracing, and limit testing. Rallies were held in Edmonton and Calgary on Saturday. Uh, the restriction rollback were announced on Wednesday, and effective July 29, uh, close contacts will no longer be notified of exposure by contact tracers, nor will they be legally required to isolate. 
asymptomatic testing is no longer recommended. On August 16th, infected individuals won't need to isolate. Isolation hotels will close as quarantine supports end. Good. Those fucking things shouldn't have been around. Period. Provincial mandatory masking orders will be lifted, but face coverings in some acute care facilities might be required. Uh, For Edmonton, in Alberta's capital city, approximately 250 people went to the legislature to protest on Saturday. Going to keep saying the same thing until the government listens, said Dr. Thiessen Ladha, assistant professor at the University of Alberta in the Faculty of Medicine. This time, with community organization and public protest, it is It really is owned by everyone who's there, and I think that's really the message. There have been so many decisions by the provincial government that people have been upset, angry, and anxious about. This rally is a culmination of everything. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and they kind of continue on, you know, saying that, uh, well, the government uh, giving your freedoms back. Uh, That the government, no, no. I've never really heard at the time Canadian history where a jurisdiction has decided to put its entire population at risk from a deadly disease that can cause long-term disability. Okay. I think, I, I think I've read enough. Yeah. The, the irony and the, like the, the irony in this, people protesting to limit their own freedoms. We're in, okay, I'm sorry. So people are protesting because they're starting to get their freedoms back. Is the that correct? Is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the beginning yeah. when COVID hit, <laughs> people are protesting because you have to wear masks and they were losing their freedoms. Now that they're starting to get them back, yeah. people are protesting for... How fucking stupid are people? Like, well, I, obviously, like, these are two very different groups. These are two different groups. Not the point. But it's just so, <laughs> it's just so funny. Like the the irony in you having the right to peaceably upset, assemble and to petition your government. It's so funny because people were saying, "Oh, look at these people that are marching. Oh, what are they marching? What are they? Bunch of anti vaxxers and they're a <laughs> bunch of COVID idiots and all this stuff." It's where, where, where's where's the outrage on on this side now? Look at come on, be be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> it's oh just <laughs> the is... irony. The irony is, oh, it's come on. Is like that... I, I totally support them. Like protesting, like do it, yeah. But just the the irony in it. There's this like these are the same kind of people that we're saying. No, you need to stay home. You can't. Like, I don't know. Sorry, okay, what were you going to say? I don't even fucking know anymore. This is ridiculous. Like, I literally just, I'm staring blankly, just blinking slowly. Like, you just want to stare at them and be like, what the hell? Like, people always have to have something to complain about. You know, they lose this, they lose that. People start protesting. Okay, well, hey, guess what? You're getting it back now. Oh, nay, nay. Now let's start protesting again. Okay, so you're getting a little freaked out because things are starting to, you're starting to get freedoms and stuff. 
stuff back. That doesn't mean that you as an individual have to stop wearing your mask or stop self-isolating yourself or, you know what I mean? Or, or mm-hmm. sanitizing. You can do these things for yourself. You're a big boy and girl. Like, I'm pretty sure you can take care of yourself. Yes. Like, you know how to do these things. And those those that are non-conforming, don't don't fucking leave them out, piece of shit. (laughs) But it's like, nobody is saying you're not allowed to wear a mask or sanitize or, you know, keep social distant. You can still do all that stuff. You know, you as an individual can do these things. Like, why? Why do people have to complain about everything? I know. I get it. It's scary. You know, all the, we've been living so sheltered and kept in seclusion and stuff like that for over a year and a half now, and things are starting to lift up and it's a little scary. I get it. But you know what? You're a big boy and girl. You can take care of yourself. If something makes you a little nervous or apprehensive, you know, you don't have to go into that store with all those people not wearing masks. If it doesn't make you comfortable, do online shopping, get it delivered to your vehicle or delivered to your door. You can still wear masks. You can still sanitize. Stop the bullshit protesting. Like just, just stop. You want to protest and stuff like that. I get it. Okay. But stop crying about everything. No, it's, 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 I, I, I understand, like, it's just, it's, it's such a, like I said, it's just, it's very ironic, and the, the fact that you are protesting the government giving your rights back. Yeah. Like, and, and people think about this, when the government takes your rights away, they sell them back as privileges. Just, just think about that for a minute. They took your rights away. And now they're giving them back to you as privileges. Do you understand how dangerous that is? And I will keep reiterating this. You... Well, okay, so I guess I'll, I'll continue this little part here. So when asked about the COVID-19 policies from the government and staffers, the, policy, the, the province told Global News its policies are aligned with direction and guidance from the Chief Medical Officer of Health and in accordance with uh, OH, OHS, Occupational Health and Safety. Just under half of government workers are currently working remotely, and the vast majority will return to their workplaces in a phased approach starting next week and continuing until September 7th. Employees are free to continue to use face masks in the workplace as a personal choice, even if not required. This, this kind of seems almost like a, like a Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing. Like you've been used and abused by your, your captors for so long. That when you are given your freedoms, you say, no, I don't want it. It's too scary. Because now you have to start thinking for yourself as where the government was telling you what to do. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, people were, people were saying that, oh, the, the, the anti-maskers, the anti-vaxxers, oh, the people that think this is all a pandemic. Well, so which, which one is right? Either the, the rights that you enjoy is for everyone or it's for no one 
And when it becomes this, this divide of, well, I can do it because I'm doing it for the right reason. As much as you might hate your enemy, if they are not offered the same protections, who are you? Who are you? It's, it's just such a, such a, it's just so, it's crazy to see that this is where we've come from. Remember, it was originally 15 days to flatten the curve. Then it was shutdowns. Look at where we've gone from 15 days to now looking at vaccine passports. That's where we have gone. That is how far our goalposts have moved from 15 days to flatten the curve. And the reason that was done, so like for everyone complains about it. I complain about it. Everyone does. Everyone with a fucking heartbeat. Our healthcare system is strained at the best of times. It's strained. A bad flu season overloads our hospitals. Our hospitals cannot take care of a bad flu season. And then, to, for the 15 days, it was so our healthcare systems don't get overrun. So, our, our government put these procedures in place. We went from 15 days to now vaccine passports. Okay, so you keep you keep mentioning a vaccine passport. So what is your uh-huh. um, stance on a vaccine passport? I think it's dumb. We, we, why? So, okay, so I will say, like, with, like, when we were all kids, we all got the polio vaccine. You know, measles, mumps, and rubella. Because those were devastating to people. Those were absolutely devastating. Those, like, I believe it was, like, the polio vaccine. Like, polio destroyed your immune system. It actively attacked the immune system. Where, say, like, COVID is normally affecting people that are, like, that that are, the people that are having a worse reaction are typically people that are have a weaker immune system. I I don't see why having you need to have to to having a piece of paper saying that I've I've gotten this done. I have had this procedure. We've never done something like that. Never. Well, we never have in Canada, but something like a vaccine passport has been done previously in Germany. Now, yeah, well, Germany is also, you know, they're also the same country that told Jews to wear something on their arm and they wanted their papers. Okay. I so get this is, it, and but everyone, everyone makes the the same the same analogy. I'm going to make the very similar one. Germany at a certain time 
divided people into two classes. How did they describe the Jewish community? They said they carried disease. They said that they were uh, that they were greedy. That they're the reason why Germany is the way it. Think about that wording. Now these unvaccinated people are diseases. They're the reason why you don't have your freedoms. Do you see the divide that that creates? And I've said it, I'll say it again, because I, I have to keep reiterating this point. There are genuine concerns that people have. Some people can't get it. So when a government mandates that everyone needs to have it, and you need to have your papers in order to patron a business, fuck you. Okay. Then I won't, then I won't go. Okay, but, you need to let me finish. In Germany, they've had a vaccine passport for a long time. Now, the reason behind the vaccine passport is when you go to other countries and stuff like that, say if you were to end up in a hospital, they can at least tell you or tell what exactly it is that you have been treated with or vaccinated for in previously already. Like, they can see all that kind of stuff. Now, having a, a passport that shows all the kind of vaccines and stuff like that, um, that everybody has gotten from the time that they were a little kid till now, I don't really see that being something bad, especially when you're traveling to other countries. If it helps, like, show part of your medical record to other potential hospitals and stuff that you're in, I don't see the harm in that, personally. That's what your health card is for. Okay, but your health not card everywhere. literally says that. Our health card doesn't say right on it all the vaccines that we have had. It tells you okay. our information, and they would need to contact Manitoba Health to find that stuff out. But if you're in another country, maybe they can't do something like that. It would show in your passport. Okay, why? why so this comes down to somebody's privacy there were story after story after story coming out of you know fault like the with the health guidelines that keep some people are medically exempt from wearing a mask well what happened in a lot of these stories they were kicked out they were arrested they were fined so inherently you create a class system you have the clean the pure, and now you have the unwashed, diseased filth. It's, it's nobody's business what I have in my body. It is nobody's business. I mean, if it's something that would help with treatment, though, like how, how is that a what, bad What thing? treatment? What treatment? If you end up in another country. You're what? If you're in another country. Okay, so what treatment? Well, depending. Like, what if something were to happen and they're like, hey, this looks like signs of polio. I wonder if he's actually had the vaccine for that. And then being able to look and be like, oh, yeah, he actually was vaccinated for this. Okay, so it's not polio. Maybe it's blah, blah, blah. Like, if it helps diagnose something that you might have, is that really a bad thing? Okay, so I'm, 
Okay, because now we're we're talking about international travel, which is very different than yes. operating within one country. I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm not talking about operating within one country. I'm talking about international travel, having it in your passport. Because okay. generally speaking, that's normally what you would use your passport for, unless of course you're flying from one province to another. But just driving, you don't have to show your passport to anybody. So unless I'm uh, misunderstood. These vaccine passports were looked at for within provinces. This isn't international. This is within Canada. So well, that That's doesn't the, really sound like a vaccine passport to me. That I mean, like a passport is your passport. Do you know what I mean? Like that's something that you would use, I guess, internally and internationally. But if it's something that's just internally, then yeah, you have the mental health card. I don't know. Yeah, but so I, I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't, I don't get the the argument. If you're if you're leaving the country, like they say, oh well, we recommend this. That could be like a government's idea, like hey, if you're not, you should look at getting this. Like if hey, if you're going to Mexico, you better get the what is it, Hep B, Hep B, or Hep C shots. Uh, it was Hep. A and hep B. I mean, yeah, yeah, A and whatever. B when I went to Cuba. That's what I needed oh, yeah. to hep get. Hepatitis C is, yeah. That's, that's sexually <laughs> transmitted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, you might know, want that one too. No, I'm just kidding. Certain places. But right. <laughs> that, like, okay, so I'm, um, so I'm looking at, so this is from CTV News. And I don't know, am I, am I just, completely out of touch as COVID-19 vaccine rollouts continue and the numbers of those fully vaccinated increase. Some regions in Canada and internationally are already starting to use or consider vaccine-based identification for certain services or to facilitate travel. In Canada, Manitoba has begun issuing proof of immunization. See, we already have this stuff. I become very, very skeptical and I, I, this is my, my anti-government slant is, I was seeing, what was it, 79% of people are in favor of it? For you to travel within Canada? Travel within uh, Canada. I mean, okay. But, okay. The way that everything has been going on lately with um, it being dangled in front of you, your freedoms... So if someone says to me that you have to stay in Manitoba forever unless you get this vaccine passport to allow you to go to other provinces, which would then no, in turn enter. allow what to enter to enter a province. Yes, that, that, Alberta isn't doing to, it. Saskatchewan so, isn't doing it. Okay. Regardless, if somebody is telling me that you have to have this passport in order to go into another province to leave Manitoba and go someplace else. Um, yeah, if they're saying that there's no way that you can go someplace else, well, I have family that's in Saskatchewan, so yeah, I would be in favor to get it because I would want to see my family, you know, and I, if, no. for you yourself, that's your job, so you would I, no, I don't give a fuck <laughs> i i re I don't care it should be your own choice it's it's 
I don't get why this is this is seen as an okay thing. You are limited from traveling within Canada. This is literally what I was saying last episode. Well, you can stay within this province, but you can't leave it. You can't leave this area. Now you can't leave your home unless you have this. How far do we want to go with it? Oh, I didn't say it was right. All as I'm saying is if 79 people are in favor of it, if this is what's happening, if people are dangling in front of them that they can't go anywhere unless they do this, then I can understand why somebody would say be more in favor of it because they're like, well, do I want to be stuck in this province or do I want to be able to travel? Yeah, I want to be able to travel. So, okay, fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm in favor for it. I'll get it if I have to. I'm not saying it's right. Being forced to do something in any sort of way, whether it's getting a vaccine, whether it's getting a passport, whether it's whatever, as soon as it becomes mandated and you're being forced to do something, I don't think it's right. Everything should be free. No. It's, 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 like I said, you shouldn't get your rights take away, taken away and then they're given back as, as privileges. No, and I agree with that. I'm just on the other side, not not on the other side, but I'm looking at it from the other perspective as to why would somebody be okay with this or whatever? Like, well, no, I I get, I get it. And this is my argument back. We are guaranteed. These are supposed to be guaranteed. So here, I'll, I'll read this out from our charter of rights and freedoms. Number one. So this is line one. Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedom guarantees the rights and freedoms set out in this subject. Only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. Prescribed in law as can be demonstrably justified. So there needs to be a, it's supposed to be a very high threshold. So, fundamental freedoms democratic rights, the right to live and seek employment anywhere in Canada, legal rights, life, liberty, and personal security, equality, uh, rights for all, equal rights for all. Uh, Everyone has the following fundamental freedoms, freedom of conscience and religion. Remember when uh, our, our glorious leader, Teresa Tam, was saying wrong think? We need to squash out wrong think. So you're not even allowed to think a different thought. Freedom of thought, belief, opinion, and expression, including freedom of the press and other media of communication. Freedom of peaceably uh, or of peaceful assembly and freedom of association. That is section one and section two of our Charter of Rights. So you do not have the freedom of thought. You do not have the freedom to peaceably assemble. It was outlawed. You do not have the freedom of association. You could not choose who you got to sit around with. So this is this is why, like, our freedoms were taken from us and are given back as privileges. Once you get this, wow! Now you can go visit your friends. Oh, you want to leave? You want to leave this province? You may need a piece of paper now to do it, even though our charter says that we are entitled to this. The scary thing is, as I said, and I'll keep saying, there's an asterisk next to it. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I totally get that. I honestly, I seen this coming um, when talking with my friend who is from Germany. Both of us seen this coming, that it was going to end up turning into a, well, this needs to be done before you're going to be able to travel. And I'll tell you, that's one of the only reasons why her and her husband got it is because they travel a lot. So yeah. in order for them to be able to travel, they didn't want to lose that right to be able to travel. So they got no, vaccine. I, I know. And I, I, and I get it. But this, this, is, this is the slippery slope. Oh, yeah. So I know we've <clears throat> talked about this a lot, excuse me, but all right, let's, let's end on some good stuff. The stuff that I absolutely, I need this in my life. I need it. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you sitting down? Cause I'm about to blow your fucking tits off. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sitting and uh, I'm holding on. <laughs> Birds aren't real.com. This is their, their statement on their website. Did you know that the United States government systematically slaughtered every bird in North America and replaced them with surveillance drone replicas? No. How much did it cost you to attend college? How much did you really learn? Despite the birds aren't real movement reaching millions of people online and being slammed in Newsweek four or five times, only a fraction of a fraction of people can compute this information. What if we told you that you could learn 10 times as much in only an hour and a half for the price of one ticket? It's supposed to be take a breath, proofread, take breath, and get ready to pinch open your mind eye. Become a knowledge disciple and study under movement representative Peter McIndo and associates as they peel back your veil of ignorance. Non-credited. No prerequisites. People of low IQ and low skill level, welcome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, this can't be real. Yep. Birds aren't real. Yeah. Okay. So the bird feeder that we have and the birds that I feed, I'm feeding drones. They're not real. Yeah, you're you're feeding into uh, the government's uh, watch. You think think you're doing it. Isn't it weird that all the the crows, or I mean all the squirrels, try to go after the bird feeder? Some birds? I mean, it's just how they're programmed. you, You would think, you would think, if, let's just say, these birds are drones. They wouldn't need food, right? So why even put up the front and have them sit at bird feeders and eat the food? That's a lie. That's all a lie. Oh. Okay. So then um, if all the birds are, are gone, that means that there'd be no chicken, which means that there'd be no chicken eggs. So where are these no, eggs No, 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 no. But those are all like in factory farms. So? If birds aren't real, those are birds. But they're all in they're all in cages. They're not free. They're all in cages. Yeah, but it says nothing about it it, it says birds aren't real. It doesn't say that there are, are some birds that are still alive, but they're in factories. No, 
Texas, there are no birds that the government killed them all. All. Every bird in North America and replace it with surveillance drones. So if they killed every bird, that would include chickens. So then what are we eating? Oh, you're eating chicken. You're, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get why you don't understand this. I don't like, no, they're saying that birds, that the normal birds, like the birds that you see flying around, they aren't real. But they don't specify that is all I'm saying. So I'm just picking apart this little paragraph that they have here. Well, no, but I just, I just explained it to you. Chickens, all the birds that we consume, they're on farms. They're not keeping a surveillance. All right, you ready? You ready? Uh, you ready for one one more thing to blow your mind? Are we are we off this weird bird thing? Are we going to go to this thing and find out how birds aren't real? From Scientific America, are we eating cloned meat? <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Cloning has been controversial since Scottish scientists announced in 1996 they had cloned their first mammal. You remember Dolly the sheep? I do. While Dolly lived a painful, arthritic life and died prematurely, possibly due to the imperfections of cloning, industry nonetheless began seeking out ways to capitalize on the new technology. Meanwhile, critics bemoan cloning as immoral and a potential health and safety risk given the as-yet-unknown consequences of eating food generated in this way. In January of 2008, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the sale of cloned animals and their offspring for food, despite fierce opposition from animal welfare and consumer advocacy groups, environmental organizations, some members of, crop, of Congress, and many others. Unsurprisingly, industry groups also argue that beef and milk from cloned animals is safe to consume. They cite a 2005 University of Connecticut study, which concluded that beef and milk from cloned cows did not pose any health or safety threats to people consuming it. Given the FDA's green light, consumers' only hope of avoiding cloned animal products may be to appeal to businesses directly not to peddle such items. The Pennsylvania-based American Anti-Vivisection Society, which opposes all forms of animal research and testing, has mounted a campaign to urge McDonald's to forego cloned animals in its 30,000 restaurants worldwide. Yeah, we eat cloned meat and uh, the birds are watching us. <laughs> oh my god. Uh -huh. Now, the, the real question is, which one am I bullshitting about? Bum, bum, bum. Wait, one of them is a bullshit? No, I don't know. I'm just... just oh, I'm like, I just looked up the birds thing, so that's why I was arguing with you on that one. Um. Huh. <laughs> huh. No, this is... This birds aren't real. They they've they've really opened up my eyes. I never th I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I've never thought of it. 
Well, I mean, you travel into the state, so it looks like they got some tours going on in Kansas, Illinois, and Pennsylvania. So maybe you could drop by one of them. Get brainwashed. Yeah, no, uh, they they make a very convincing argument. Their whole uh, their history and and the reason for it. It's. Uh, <sighs> what exactly is the history? I mean, they literally have a paragraph. Oh, it's I. Unless you guys want to listen to me read for the next hour and a half. Oh shit! Oh my bad. Yeah. I so, uh, thought that was the only thing. Um. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, we're good. This is really long. So let's not. Yeah. All right. So there was uh, some wonderful stories from around Canada and around the world. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I think that was a wonderful way to uh, to end the episode. Learn about cloned meat and uh, the birds are watching you. Yeah. Birds aren't so. What? I said, yeah, birds aren't real, guys. They're just, uh, you know, they're just clones. So now all those people who think that they're the center of the universe, they can go on, go on thinking that even more so because, well, you know, the birds are watching them. So clearly their uh-huh. lives are that interesting to the government that the government has to spy on you. Well, with a lot of the new laws that have been passed in the United States, and hey, look at this, uh, this COVID, uh, COVID passport that you need now. Just an easier way for them to track you. Right. It doesn't help that we have these uh, GPS systems strapped to us so right it's always listening yeah all right so with that uh let's wrap this up let's get out of here all right well thanks for listening guys if you made it all the way through this and uh that was our episode six we'll see you again all right okay bye everyone bye everyone have a good night